You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hope you had a fabulous holiday weekend. Good to have you with us here on Listen Up. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. How the heck are you? How about Phil Mickelson? Wow. I'm going to read his apology in just a moment. I mean, it's hard to believe. I'm blown away by this. Like, I really am blown away. Phil Mickelson... I think it's going to be left without any sponsors. KPMG just dropped Phil Mickelson after a 14-year partnership. You ready for that? 14-year partnership. They are done with Phil Mickelson effective immediately. They're not waiting around. Effective immediately. All right, let me read you this statement. From Phil Mickelson. I, I I don't know what the hell he's thinking about here. I really don't. Here it is. Although it doesn't look this way now, given my recent comments, my actions throughout this process have always been with the best interest of golf, my peers, sponsors, and fans. There is the problem of off-record comments being shared out of context and without my consent. But the bigger issue is that I used words I sincerely regret that do not reflect my true feelings or intentions. It was reckless. I offended people, and I am deeply sorry for my choice of words. I'm beyond disappointed and will make every effort to self-reflect and learn from this. So what the hell is it? You talk about off-record comments and then out of context and without your consent, and then you apologize for everything that you said? Then the statement reads this. Golf desperately needs change, and real change is always preceded by disruption. I have always known that criticism would come with exploring anything new. I still chose to put myself at the forefront of this to inspire change, taking the hits publicly to do the work behind the scenes. My experience with LIV Golf Investments has been very positive. I apologize for anything that I said that was taken out of context. The specific people I have worked with are visionaries and have only been supportive. More importantly, they passionately love golf, and share my drive to make 
the game better. They have a clear plan to create an updated and positive experience for everyone, including players, sponsors, networks, and fans. I have incredible partners, and these relationships mean so much more to me than a contract. Many have been my most influential mentors, and I consider all to be lifelong friends. The last thing I would ever want to do is compromise them or their business in any way, and I have given all of them the option to pause or end the relationship, as I understand it might be necessary given the current circumstances. I believe in these people and companies and will always be here for them with or without a contract. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life, and many have been shared with the public. My intent was never to hurt anyone, and I'm so sorry to the people I have negatively impacted. This has always been about supporting the players and the game, and I appreciate all the people who have given me the benefit of the doubt. Despite my belief that some changes have already been made with the overall discourse, I know I need to be accountable. For the past 31 years, I have lived a very public life, and I have strived to live up to my own expectations, be the role model the fans deserve, and be someone that inspires others. I've worked to compete at the highest level, be available to media, represent my sponsors with integrity, engage with volunteers, and sign every autograph for my incredible fans. I have experienced many successful and rewarding moments that I will always cherish, but I have often failed myself and others too. The past 10 years, I have felt the pressure and stress slowly affecting me at a deeper level. I know I have not been my best and desperately need some time away to prioritize the ones I love most and work on being the man I want to be. That is exhibit A of how not to do an apology. What a disgrace, seriously. What an absolute disgrace. You start off talking about your comments, your actions, okay? And then you talk about off-record comments being shared out of context and without your consent. And then you talk about, but the bigger issue is that I use words I sincerely regret that do not reflect my true feelings or intentions. It was reckless. I offended people, and I am deeply sorry for my choice of words. I'm beyond disappointed and will make every effort to reflect and learn from this. So you can't have it both ways, all right? You can't say that your comments being shared out of context and without your consent, without your consent. It's a bad look for Phil. Terrible. It's awful. You know how I've repeatedly said that very often the apology is worse? This might be right up there. It's not worse than his comments, but it's right up there. Man. You know what? I'm blown away by that. I told you I was blown away by this when we talked about this on Friday. This is brutal. Seriously. Absolutely brutal. Phil will have no sponsors. No, There's no one that's going to sponsor Phil Mickelson. Not a chance. KPMG done. Effective immediately. Effective immediately. I'll tell you one client that he may have. I have a great opportunity for Phil that I think might make it the number one airline in the world. Phil ought to call up Southwest Airlines and do their spot. Want to get away? That would be Phil. 
That would be perfect for Phil. Call up Southwest Airlines and ask them if you can be your new spokesperson. Want to get away? And show Phil Mickelson running to the freaking airport to get the hell out of Dodge. That's what Phil should do. Want to get away? Yeah. Bad look by Phil Mickelson. Terrible. Awful. What the hell are you talking about? Seriously. I mean, this is bad. Really bad. Give me your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. What do you think of Jawan Howard and his actions over the weekend? Pretty bad too, huh? Should he been should have he lost his job? Or is a five game suspension good enough? By the way, Randall Chambly of the Golf Channel, did you see his tweet? Wow. Just read Phil's statement. It's six paragraphs. The first paragraph sets the stage for him being a victim. The second paragraph is him pretending to be an activist. The third, fourth paragraphs are about spin and damage control slash money. And the fifth and sixth are him saying he's a good guy. Wow. You know what? He's spot freaking on. Alan Shipnuck, who Mickelson said, took his comments off the record and out of context, said this on Twitter, quote, the off the record piece of this is completely false, and I'll have more to say on that shortly. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. What, what an embarrassment. What an absolute embarrassment this is. Embarrassing. All right, let's hear from you. I would love to know what you think. This is a bad look for Phil Mickelson. Terrible look. Just absolutely awful. What what an awful apology. Terrible. All right, when I put you up on stage, Steve, you got to hit your mic. All right, you got to hit that microphone icon, and then I'll put you on. Man, that's brutal. I'm telling you. Phil's got no one to blame but himself on all of this. None of it. Steve, I'm going to put you back in the audience. If you want to come back on, raise your hand, and we'll do it again. But seriously, Phil Mickelson, what an awful, embarrassing apology that is. And Brandel Chambly is spot freaking on. He's spot on. First paragraph sets the stage for him being a victim. The second paragraph is him pretending to be an activist. The third and fourth paragraphs or about spin and damage control money, and the fifth and sixth are him saying he's a good guy. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Then you got the Juwan Howard story out of Michigan, and all the experts on Twitter who don't think that Juwan Howard was wrong, that the handshake line is stupid. You know, the video doesn't lie. Okay, the video doesn't lie. Jawan Howard's lucky he still has a job. He's lucky he still has a job. That's how I feel. Got no one. I mean, Jawan Howard, Phil Mickelson, they have no one to blame but themselves. No one. Boy, what a what a way to start the week after the holiday by Phil Mickelson. Really. Brutal. 
absolutely brutal. Man, and that's not cancel culture. You know what that is? That's Phil being stupid. Or having viewpoints that are so ridiculous that no one in their right mind would try to defend him. Man, really is hard to believe. It really is. Then you got Brian Flores said that he has declined to sign a non-disparagement agreement from the Dolphins so he can speak out on the treatment by the team. You know what? It seems like it's everyone else's fault and not Brian Flores' fault. That's what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like to me. Now, I don't know the truth. So I'm going to wait for the facts to come out. But it seems like Brian Flores wants to blame everybody in the world for his coaching failure in Miami. Or whatever. You don't even have to call it a failure, the fact that he doesn't have a job anymore. I mean, he didn't make the playoffs in three years. You know, people say, well, gee, they won eight out of nine games to end the year. Well, the game's not nine games long. It's 17 games long. And again, I have nothing against Flores. I've been on the record before all of this happened saying I thought he was a good coach. And I still think he's a good coach. But uh, it seems like nothing's his fault. Nothing is his fault. So who knows? Again, I'm going to wait until the investigation comes out on all of this. But it just seems that Brian Flores wants to blame everyone under the sun for him not being a head coach. And I don't know about this lawsuit. I, I, again, I'm not an attorney, but I don't think he has a, a leg to stand on against the Broncos, the Texans, or the Giants. I don't know about the Dolphins with the $100,000 incentive to lose games that he alleges. I don't know anything about that. But I, as far as the Houston Texans, the Broncos, and the Giants, I'd be very surprised if he prevails in that aspect of his lawsuit that would surprise me all right hey if you want to get in on the program today hit your hand icon raise your hand and we'll do it are you as blown away as i am about phil mickelson i'm telling you phil's not gonna have any sponsors not a chance no way not gonna have any sponsors think about a 14-year partnership ending Okay, it's going to be pretty much par for the course for Phil. And, you know, I normally feel bad for public figures that put themselves in in this type of a situation. I can't I can't feel bad for Phil. His comments were so egregious. So ridiculous that I can't defend him on it. I can't. And again, KPMG has dropped him after 14 years. They're done. They're done. 14 years. Here's the statement. KPMG, U.S., and Phil Mickelson have mutually agreed to end our sponsorship effective immediately. We wish him the best. I doubt it was mutual. How much money did Phil get last year in sponsorship money? Roughly $40 million. Man. 
Unbelievable. And Phil's getting killed on Twitter, and you know what he should be. And I'm talking about with with folks that have blue check marks killed. He, he has no one to blame but himself here. Man. This is, I'm telling you right now, that's the first domino for Phil Mickelson. You just watch. Yeah, I, I don't know how Phil comes back from this. I really don't. I, I don't know how Phil Mickelson, one of the most beloved golfers, one of the most beloved golfers in this country. I don't know how he comes back from this. I, and I don't understand his first paragraph. Let me read that again for those of you that have just joined me here on Listen App. Although it doesn't look this way now, given my recent comments, my actions throughout this process have always been with the best interest of golf, my peers, sponsors, and fans. Now, that part I believe. I, I do believe that part. But here's the, uh, wait till you hear this. There is the problem of off-record comments being shared out of context and without my consent. But the bigger issue is that I use words I sincerely regret that do not reflect my true feelings or intentions. It was reckless. I offended people, and I am deeply sorry for my choice of words. I'm beyond disappointed and will make every effort to self-reflect and learn from this. I do believe that he's deeply sorry for his choice of words. I do believe that. But you can't you can't blame the author here. All right? That's ridiculous. And Alan Shipnuck has already come out and said, just wait. Bad look by Phil. Don't blame the author here. All right? In the first paragraph, that's what he's doing. He's blaming Alan Shipnuck for saying that his comments were off the record and they were taken out of context. No, they weren't. If they were taken out of context, then you shouldn't be apologizing the way you were apologizing. It's a bad look for Phil. That's the that's the worst part of the entire statement was the opening paragraph. Bad job by Phil Mickelson. Absolutely terrible. I don't know. That's bad advice. On Whoever gave him that advice needs to be fired. That's awful. Seriously. Absolutely awful. All right. Hit me up. Hit your hand icon. What do you think about Jawan Howard? What do you think about Phil Mickelson? And anything else that's going on, I did a rant today on that awful NBA slam dunk contest that I saw the highlights of. Boy, was that bad. Absolutely bad. Then you had the NBA coming out with their top 75 list. Kobe Bryant was 10 on that list. Do you think he should be higher? Obviously, Michael 1, LeBron 2. What do you think? So those are some of the things we can talk about. Is Jawan Howard lucky that he has a job? Should have Jawan Howard been fired as the Michigan head coach? Should he have been fired? A lot of people think that he should have been. A college coach acting like that? I'm not saying he should have been fired. I'm not in that camp. I don't think he should have been fired. I think he should have been severely reprimanded. I think he got off easy. I'm okay with him not being fired. Okay? But I do believe that the punishment should have been more than five games. That I do feel. 
I, I'm not saying he should have lost his job. A lot of people do, though. A lot of people feel that Jawan Howard, the head coach of the Wolverines, should have been fired. All right, I need to hear from you now. I gave you my comments on Phil Mickelson, Jawan Howard, Brian Flores. Let's hear from you, all right? Let's hear from you. All-star break still going on, so no games in the NBA until Thursday. The Kings will start a home-and-home with Denver home Thursday at the Mile High City on Saturday. Kings obviously got a lot of work to do. Four games back in a loss column of Portland. Portland, by the way, is home to Golden State on Thursday. So you got to figure they're going to lose that game. I'd be very surprised if they're going to beat Golden State. But they have played very well coming into uh, the break. NBA standings, by the way, if you have a like a whisker of hope, and again, I don't know why you would. Portland is 25 and 34. Sacramento is 22 and 38. And at this point in the season, don't even look at the wins. Just look at the losses. Just look at the losses. There are five teams that have 40 or more losses. Oklahoma City and Houston in the West. Indiana, Detroit, and Orlando in the East. The Kings, no way they're going to have a worse record than Orlando, Detroit, or Houston. That's not happening. So, you know, even if they have a disastrous final 22 games, they would not finish anywhere near the worst three. At the at the best, that sounds kind of weird, at the best they'd have the fourth worst record in basketball. It's kind of an oxymoron, huh? So what do you think? What do you think of Phil Mickelson? Where do you What do you think happens to Phil's legacy? Do you think Phil will ever return to his level of a week ago with the golf community, with his sponsors, and with the fans? I don't think he will. I really don't. And that apology is terrible. Awful. I mean, how the hell can you do that? How can you sit there and say that your problem was the off-the-record comments and being shared out of context and without your consent? Really? That's a bad look right there. Man, that's bad. Terrible. Own up. Apologize without blaming somebody else. You, know, you sound like Ryan Braun there. That's what you sound like. You know, when he tried to ruin a human's life, you sound like Lance Armstrong. That's what you sound like, who tried to ruin people's lives to protect his ass. Phil's trying to protect his ass, and he's going to put it on Alan Shipnook, the author. Really? That's a bad look right there. Stand up. You really want, you really want to be a man? Stand up and take full ownership of it. Don't be blaming Alan Shipnuck, all right? That's a bad look. That's a bad job by Phil. I got that's the problem I have with the entire statement. It's awful. There is the problem of off-record comments being shared out of context and without my consent. Really? 
let me tell you something. I've done a lot of interviews in my life. I've interviewed a lot of people and I've been interviewed and I've had a lot of people talk to me and say, hey, what I'm going to tell you is off the record. Or I've told people, hey, what I'm telling you is off the record. That's like standard one-on-one stuff. Phil Mickelson did not tell Alan Shipnuck these comments were off the record. I would almost bet my life on that. Bad look right there. By the way, the author's already come out and said that. Man. And Phil's getting killed all over social media right now. You know, and, and I'll tell you this. The PGA pros, the golfers on the tour, also have killed Phil. As they should. Man. And he's going to take a, a break from golf. I don't know if that's his choice or not. He needs to take a long break from golf. He, they, he, brutal. I still can't believe what I'm reading here when I read that paragraph over and over and over again. I mean, did Phil do that on his own or did someone advise him? And if somebody advised Phil Mickelson on that, they did a bad, bad job. They did a bad job. Everything would have been fine if you had left the off-record comments being shared out of context and without my consent. That would have been fine. If you had left that out, I'd say, you know what? That's a hell of a job by Phil Mickelson right there. I would have said, that is really well done by Phil. Didn't happen, did it? Didn't happen. Man. And again, he loses his longtime sponsor, KPMG. And I would think he's going to lose all of his sponsors. What's next for Phil? You know what should be next? Because I'll tell you right now, I believe he'll end up saying, I apologize to Alan Shipnuck for making it seem like he misquoted me. That's what it's going that's what's gonna happen. That's what should happen. This is a bad look. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. All right, again, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and I'll put you right up on stage with me, and we can talk about this. What about Joanna Howard? I want to hear from you also, all right? I've said what I have to say. I've spoken for 25 minutes. Now it's your turn. So you either join me or we're going to have a quick show today, all right, because that's why I'm doing this. I want your feedback. I want to hear from you, all right? I want to hear from you. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls right now. And we start with Steve in uh, Vacaville. Steve, it's great to hear from yeah. you. Thank you very much. You'll be the first caller on this Tuesday. Okay, thanks for taking my call, Grant. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about N- NBA weekend. Yeah. And and where, where do you go from here? I mean, has the NBA jumped the shark? Because when you start looking at what they're offering i mean a, a 163 160 score i mean i get it uh, they're there to see the fans but i also want to see a you know a baskets made under a little bit of duress which segues into this three-point shooting contest i mean you're, you're shooting basically under the same conditions as, as practice but under maybe the pressure of a clock and a lot more eyes watching but in my mind i mean you get a guy like buddy heel for instance who people try to talk about in the same breath as Steph Curry as a, as a, as a great three point shooter. But when you break his statistics down and you look at his three point shooting in the fourth quarter, it drops off. If you look at his 
three-point shooting and sortable statistics, it's fine when it's a, a greater than a 10-point lead or, or you're behind by 10. But as you start closing the gap, it goes down when the lead is between five and 10 points and goes down even further when it's less than five points. So I, I just don't really see where and and the and the and you talked about the dunk contest earlier in the day which was a great rant i mean you know what the heck i mean they're they're putting people there like you said that we not to not to be a parrot here but they're putting people that that aren't even household names what what's so compelling about i know exactly so i guess the question is i mean do you know what the ratings were for for this i I have not seen the ratings for the all-star weekend yet um I, i have not i saw the ratings for the olympics which were absolutely disastrous for NBC, just an absolute disaster. And again, I, I don't, I don't know th- if, if that is just uh, in the context of, of where the games were. Uh, maybe the medalists' uh, stories weren't as compelling. But you know, you've got you, you got you got Steve? medalists yeah. like Schifrin that that did the same thing as Simone Biles, and and, and maybe that was impacting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I do believe that the time difference. And no fans in the venues affects the ratings. But I also think uh, all of the negative publicity about China and the Uyghur genocide, among other things, uh, I think it's really put a stain on what we just witnessed. I didn't wa- I watched probably, Steve, I probably spent as little time as I ever have watching the Olympics. And I'll tell you what else. I don't like NBC's coverage. I think it's you, you don't know where the hell anything is. You know, they're on all kinds of different platforms. And it's like no, no disrespect to snowboarders. I, 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 and I really mean this in all honesty. But it seemed like every time I turned the TV on a prime time, there was some type of snowboarding event, stuff that I had never even knew existed. And again, I'm, I'm fine with the snowboarders. Don't I'm not trying to mock them. But what I'm saying is how many snowboarding events are there? And there, it seemed like it was on prime time every single freaking night. Are there no other events to cover, please? You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the, the events, even in the past, like the, uh, the long jumping or, or you know, the, the, the big hill ski jumping, excuse me. I mean, that used to be, great to watch yes. or, or the or the four man bobsled you know or even the two man or woman you know uh i i didn't and maybe i just wasn't tuning at the right times but i you know some of the you, you know the, the 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 events that were mainstays in the past we just weren't we just weren't seeing and that that had a lot to do i think with with me tuning out a lot steve i really appreciate you uh, joining us anything else yeah, I'm just wondering, Grant, if you're yeah. going to start to cover winter baseball, proposed rules, you know, them starting to to mess with thinking about outlawing the shift. I mean, my take on that is if you're a baseball player and you can't handle a shift, maybe you shouldn't be in in Major League Baseball. Um, that's kind of like the, the same thing as Hack-A-Shack. But I'm just wondering if you're going to devote a show to that. In the, yeah, in you know that. what? I, I probably will. You know, they're meeting uh, today and they have a, a – a, deadline in front of them self-imposed to get the season started on time i i find the game of baseball steve to be almost unwatchable now that's how boring it is and, I, and i'm a baseball fan and i grew up on baseball and i, I love this sport but it, to me it's become almost unwatchable with the way the game is played now and the the strikeouts the pitching changes i am not a fan of the shift i understand what you're saying you know, at this level, you should be able to beat the shift by putting a bunt down to the opposite side where there are no fielders and, 
If that if, if if more players did that, Steve, then the shift would go away. But I and I understand your point there, but I'm for making rule changes that make the game more enjoyable to watch. Steve, I went to a couple of games last year of the Marlins because I have a lot of friends that are umpires and I, it's crazy, but I went to watch them more than the game. And I'm sitting there trying to keep my eyes open. There were there, the one game only had a combined 11 hits. Okay. And the game lasted four hours. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a, I, I don't know why anybody would go to a game the way it's played now. It's terrible. I just find the, the sport to be broken. Yeah. yeah and again, then I think they're, they're looking at demographics and they're seeing, especially in the younger demographics, people are, are, are tuning out in droves Yes, and maybe that's why they're doing it. But as a, as a, Baseball Pearson, I get it. You know, I'm an old guy, uh, but you know, starting starting a player in extra innings on second base, I know it just just doesn't terrible. feel right to me. I know? agree. I hate that rule. Uh, I think it's terrible. Anyway, uh, I will spend some time on it. I will yeah, definitely great. do it. I'll spend some time. Hey, Steve, you have a good week. Good hearing from you. All right, take care, Grant. Bye bye. All right, if you want to come on, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll do it right here on Listen App. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and why don't we check in with John? John, you've been on before. You know what we got to do is hit your microphone, John. I'm not going to be able to hear you if you do not hit that microphone. John. So I'm putting John back in the audience. John, we'll do it all over again when you get a chance. You can raise your hand. Uh, but again, the, the b- baseball needs to fix their sport. They need to fix their sport because to me, their game is broken. It really is. It's messed up. Their game is messed up. Al, what's up, Al? How are you today? Alfred, how are you? Hello, Al. Well, Al's green light is on, but I can't hear him. I'm still here, Al. Now, yeah, there you go. Alfred, can you hear me? All right, Al, I'm going to put you back in the audience. Because I could not hear you even though your microphone's on. So maybe your phone is on mute. Again, if you want to come on, all you got to do is hit your hand icon. Raise your hand and we'll do this. We're talking about Phil Mickelson today. We're talking about Jawan Howard. We're talking about what, I don't know. I'm with Steve on the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. I don't get any joy of a game that's in the 160s. I just don't. I just don't. I really don't. I didn't watch the game, by the way, for the record. But when I saw the score, I was like, oh, my God. You know? And I'm not, you know, so Steph Curry hit 16 threes, big deal. Like, I have to be impressed with him hitting 16 threes with no defense. I mean, Jerry Reynolds tells me he watched Peja make 50 straight threes in practice one day or whatever it was. Well, you know, when guys aren't guarding you, it's really not that hard for the greatest players in the world to make three-pointers. really isn't. I mean, I watch it in practice all the time. Seriously, I really mean that. It's not like 16 three-pointers in a game and no defense is really not that great of an accomplishment. And I'm not taking anything away from Steph Curry. I mean, I'm a huge Steph Curry fan, both as a basketball player and as a person. But so what, he hit 16 three-pointers or whatever the hell it was with nobody guarding him? That's not that hard. Not for a guy like Steph, you know? Not for a guy like Steph Curry. All right, again, if you want to come on, all you got to do is hit your hand. I'm uh, trying to 
reset the news on Phil Mickelson because he's getting absolutely murdered for his apology. And he should be. He should be. He should be getting absolutely murdered. John, you're on with Grant. How are you, John? Doing all right, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I agree with almost everything you said about the NBA All-Star weekend. The three-point is, you know, it's kind of all right. It's the same as it was. Slam dunk content, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, no dunks in the first five minutes or something. It was out of control. The best thing, though, in my opinion, the fourth quarter, the last handful of minutes of the game, man, that's when everybody is trying. And that's the one thing that I take out of it that it made it it made it decent, at least for me anyways. You know, I love the competition. And towards the end of the game, all those guys were competing. So I just got to hand it to them there. But that, that's the only it's the only thing that gives me any solace out of it anymore. You know what I mean? Yep. That's a very good point. Uh, very good point. And yet that, you know, I didn't even think about that, but you, you, you're spot on. I mean, you know, at least in the last few minutes, there's more effort because they do really do yeah. want to win, but you got to get to the 42nd or 43rd or 44th minute to see that. And that's a little frustrating. So I understand. I fully agree, man. And another thing, Phil Mickelson, I don't know what to think about that guy. At first I thought he must've been saying this stuff out of context. And now hearing his apology, I still don't know what to think, man. I, I I'm losing a lot of respect for the guy, and I've had a lot for a long time. I have, and too. I just don't know what to say anymore, you know? I, a lot of these athletes, and I never would have put Phil in a diva category, but it almost seems that way. I, I just don't know what to say. Appreciate it very much. You take care, John. All I'm right. Good. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, buddy. Good, good call right there. He makes a good point about the last couple of minutes of the All-Star game. I would say he's spot on with that. I've noticed that a lot during, you know, all-star games. That's very true. Very true. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, Phil's getting destroyed on media, social media, from people with blue check marks about his apology. Destroyed. Destroyed. Hmm. Wow. I mean, he's getting destroyed. Uh, and, and, and he really, he's got no one to blame but himself. He has no one to blame but himself. He really doesn't. Alfred, how are you today? Al, go ahead. Hello, Al. Al, you must have something wrong with your phone today, my friend. I always love talking to you, but something's not right, so I'm going to put you back in the audience. Uh, 
Here's this tweet from, uh, uh, I don't know who Robert Lusatich is. I'm probably mispronouncing his name with the blue check mark. He's got a very, he is a journalist, big soccer fan out of Los Angeles. All right. Man. Wow. He puts, hello. Is that crisisprmanagement.com? It's Phil. I need one word, salad, mea culpa to go ASAP, please. Also, do you accept Saudi? What's the money in uh, that? Uh, is it Riles? Uh, forgive me. I don't know how to pronounce the currency in Saudi Arabia, so I apologize. Man. I'm just looking at all of the people that are just destroying Phil Mickelson on social media. Unbelievable. There's no one backing them up. That's the, No one's like saying, it's okay, Phil. We understand. It's going to be it. No. I just don't. And again, his big sponsor for 14 years, KPMG, is done effective immediately. Hmm. Man. Got to feel bad for the guy if... If it was an honest, stupid mistake, but to then blame the author and say that you were speaking off the record and it was taken out of context, come on. Incredible. And I'll tell you what else. You know, even the golfers on tour, are on Phil. Rory, over the weekend, called Phil selfish, egotistical, and ignorant. Billy Horschel called comments by Phil Mickelson, quote, a little bit idiotic. Yeah, you think? You think? And again, the best tweet of the day goes to Brandel Chambly of the Golf Channel. Just read Phil's statement. It's six paragraphs. The first paragraph sets the stage for him being a victim. The second paragraph is him pretending to be an activist. The third and fourth paragraphs are about spin and damage control money. And the fifth and sixth are him saying he's a good guy. Here's another interesting tweet this isn't an apology this is an explanation dude dug a hole and is now burying himself in it very true daniel shirley blue check mark don't know who he is pay attention to what phil mickelson said he didn't apologize for what he said he apologized for the quotes being taken out of context it's exactly right He's exactly right. Mm. Man. Here's another one from Bro Bible. Again, I don't know what that is. Phil Mickelson's apology doesn't exactly read like an apology, and the golf world noticed right away. They sure did. Phil's getting destroyed. 
Dylan Dethier. Again, blue check mark. Don't know who he is. Phil Mickelson claiming his comments to Alan Shipnuck were off the record. That very much clashes with what Shipnuck said on the Fire Pit podcast yesterday. Nathan Murphy, blue check mark. Again, don't know who he is. So Phil is blaming the Shipnuck for reporting what he said. Still all in on the Saudi plan and trying to take some time down from his sponsors and golf. So he hopes this blows over and he doesn't lose both. Mm. Wow. Oh, boy. What do you think? Give me a shout. Hit your hand icon, and we will put you right on. Good to have you here on Listen Up on this Tuesday. Rachel, you'll be next. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Grant. How are you? Good. Thank you for calling today. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in on a few things. Uh, first was the All-Star Weekend. My wife and I were out to dinner, and we're having a nightcap at the bar, and they have the game on, or the, uh, the slam dunk contest right? and the Olympics. So we're watching it. And I'm a big sports fan, but my wife isn't. So we're watching it. And even her as a novice who who doesn't care about sports at all, recognizes within the first three minutes of the slam dunk competition how ridiculous it is. (laughs) (laughs) And she doesn't even like like, sports and noticed it right away. That's very interesting. She's like, what the hell is this? (laughs) He got eight chances to make that dunk? It's crazy. That's not a nine. (laughs) Oh so my gosh. I thought funny. that was pretty awesome. I bought her another drink for that comment. <laughs> I but think secondly, that's great. about the Olympics that was ridiculous is so first of all, and I think other people touched on it, um, things were on at like three AM live and they were on like four different channels and they were very hard to find what you actually wanted to watch. And secondly, when NBC played at primetime, which started at five thirty they showed you all the BS stuff that nobody wanted to watch in the beginning and made you mm-hmm. wait until almost 10 o'clock at night to see the stuff that, you know, people actually wanted to see. Well, so guess what, Rachel? Time, Imagine living on the East Coast and waiting to watch that stuff. I know. You'd be waiting until midnight to watch yep. something you actually wanted to see. And so, you know, most of the time I ended up just falling asleep and then recording it. And then I was like, you know what? I don't even care enough to watch I it know. anymore. And I'm actually someone that's really interested in and in sports you know in general and the Olympics, and I was just really turned off by that. So. And I don't know about you, Rachel, but for me, um, and it and really is in the line of the work I do, it's almost impossible to make it to, as you said, 5.30 Pacific or where I'm at, 8.30, whatever the case may be, where, whatever, wherever you want. It's almost impossible to not know the results of the events. Now, there are some things that they show live in prime time, but most of it, you already know the results, and that that also makes it very difficult for me personally. Yeah, I think true in, in, in this day and age. I mean, for me, I'm not a big social media person, so I, I manage to usually avoid being able to find out results. But I know in today's day and age, it is really impossible. So that time frame is just, yeah. it's pretty hard for people on in any part in the United States because by the time you're waking up, you know, your phone's telling you who won the gold medal. So Good I can point. see that being an issue as well. But for me, it was just, you know, I was fast forwarding and I was looking for, you know, the thing I wanted to see and then it didn't come on, it didn't record right. And I finally was like, you know what, I'm, <laughs> I'm over <Yep>. this. <laughs> anyway, well, listen, I really appreciate you uh, chiming in. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope. That was pretty much it. Looking forward to seeing, um, you know, a little bit more of the Kings games and 
um, you know, seeing how they mesh with uh, the Sabonis. new people coming over, yep. and they, yep. they seem to overall be playing just better basketball. I'm excited about that. I am a little irritated that um, I'm really disappointed in, in Darren Fox, and, you know, this is a guy who basically wasn't playing up to par, had a horrible attitude like you said. Yep. And then all of a sudden you bring in a guy, you know, he brings the bonus over and he, you know, Fox looks like a, looks like he used to look. And I have to say, I was pretty disappointed about that because that kind of what that said to me is that, you know, that was all effort based and attitude based on his part because the talent's always been there. And Spot on. I did not care for that at all. So Spot he, on. he, you know, I have his Jersey, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a legit fan and I was really, really disappointed to see that in him and I, I hope that it, maybe at some point in his career he will own own up to that a little bit you know you what know, spot on little... you know the kings opened up the bank vault for him they made a commitment by giving him a max extension and that's just unacceptable you and i are on the exact same page with that and i'm really happy you said that yeah i felt the same exact way because as soon as the bonus came over you know, I watched the games, even in the losses, and I watched the Aaron Fox. And I'm like, where's this guy been? Yep. You know, that was a choice. Yep. And uh, that really bothered me because that really speaks to a person's personal just ethics um, and their and their work. And I, I don't know if, if that's the new age of person where the money gets in the way of that. I'm not really sure. but Some do, uh, some don't. don't. It's, not, it's up to yeah. the individual. My experience is I call them paycheck guys. Uh, I've seen paycheck guys in the league, and then I've seen others – that get, you know, the, the, the boatload of money and it doesn't change who they are as a person or who they are as a professional. They still go out and play as if it's going to be their last game. They give everything to the team. I'll tell you a guy like that, Harrison Barnes. Harrison got a big contract and Harrison didn't change at all. Harrison is still working his tail off in practice. He stays late. He gets treatment. He does all of his, you know, off the court stuff. I mean, he, he's, he's always ready to play. He may not play great every night, but it's not because of lack of effort. It's not because he's right. not prepared. And see, so there are there are those that get their money, and it doesn't change who they are. In my opinion, it changed the Aaron, and I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, I do too, and I agree with you about Harrison Barnes. I love that guy. He puts his hard hat on every yep. day and comes to work, and he's a true professional. And yep. you know, that's who we should be modeling after. And I was really hoping that Darren, you know, Darren Fox talked a big game when he came here, and I really. You know, I drank that Kool-Aid and, you know, and then I saw what, how he acted this year. And, you know, I know the Kings have some culpability in that with their yes, just coaching. And, you know, I can't imagine even trying. I mean, I played sports, too, and just trying to play through that dysfunction. However, um, it was just so crazy. You got to rise above it. He's the leader of that team, but he isn't. Uh, and, you know, I hope that he can learn from this and maybe Sabonis will bring out the best of him. Cause I agree now Sabonis is going to be the leader of that team period, yes. in my opinion. So what did you think of the trade? I think I felt like a lot of people felt, but ultimately I agreed with you after, um, it was really hard to hear. Um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Tyrese Halliburton. He was my favorite player. I mean, as soon as he came over, I could tell he was the leader on the team. He cared. He took ownership. He was doing the press conferences. You know, he was doing all the things that I wanted De'Aaron Fox to be doing. He was a better true point guard, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I think Fox should be at the two anyway. Um, but I loved Halliburton personally. So it was really hard for me to hear that he was traded. But in retrospect, I understood you, you got to give up a good player to get a good player. And we weren't winning nope. with Tyree Halliburton. 
and he wasn't making, I think he was making people around him better, but Fox was not bought into that. Right. So, and same with Buddy. You you know, the Kings yeah. weren't winning with Buddy, so it was good to they move him to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Buddy should have never been paid. He was overpaid and overrated, in my opinion. So I'm glad he's gone. Nice guy and all, but um, yeah. So I love Halliburton. I wish him well. I'm, I follow him at Indiana because I just, you know, I think he's going to be great wherever he goes. But I love this trade. We need a big man like Sabonis, and he instantly brought the level up of play, and I think they're playing much better. You can actually see him running plays now, uh, not just playing one-on-one hero ball. Um, And, you know, the defense, I think, will come. We need to definitely add some more pieces, but I think it was actually a good trade. Hey, good hearing from you, Rachel. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you very much. Bye. Yep, take care. Good call right there. If you want to come on, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. She makes a great point about De'Aaron Fox. I said that, and I'm glad that she agrees. I think she's spot on. Absolutely spot on. Thank you. Let's get to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. You're next here on Listen App. Hey, Grant. How are you? Good, Jeff. How are you? Not bad. Not bad here in Yuba City. It's it's been cold. I I got the hoodie on. It snowed in the foothills here. Well, yeah, it's February. Yeah. I want you to know that it is February. <laughs> we we had a hot spell that all of a sudden got cold yeah. again. But but anyway, I I gave in, Grant. I watched a doggone All Star game. I uh, it was like the whole Harlem Globetrotters. I think next year it's, it was like the Globetrotters and the Washington Generals watching it. You know, you watched the, did you watch the whole thing? Uh, I turned it off and the the, the I I got sick of it and the. Towards the end, of the after Curry hit his fifth, after Curry got his fifty, and I, that's what drew me in. Okay. I watch it. it I, he started, and then he he launched a shot, and he started going backwards, like he already knew he made it from the logo. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm, I used to be a Warriors fan. I'm from the Bay Area, and I like Steph Curry, and uh, so I just got into Steph, and that and that's why I wa- I was watching it. All right, did you watch any of the all-star activities on Saturday, the slam dunk contest, the well, three-point shot contest? The, 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 I did not watch the slam dunk because I told you it was going to be like it ended up. It was the yep. worst ever from yep. what everybody said. Like, who the hell are these guys? Everybody's talking about it. Is that but bad look for the league? The, I watched the skills, and Halliburton carried his team, and they almost won it. He made every shot but one shot. Yeah, well, he he won the uh, whatever the award was for that. So I saw him holding the uh, hardware. So good for him. Yeah. So I, I watched. I didn't get to watch the three pointer, but I watched the the skills competition. And but yeah, you're right. They put on a good. Well, I, and I did like the halftime thing introducing the top seven. That was very intriguing. Watching all the old timer, even Jordan came back, and uh, you know all the old timers came back, and they recognized. All, all the greats. And yeah, that's that, a great. I, that was a great look for the league. I I really enjoyed watching that, and uh, that yeah, I I really liked watching that part. Jeff, you have a good uh, day. Thanks so much for chiming in. Okay, Grant. Talk to you take, later. Yep. Take care. All right. If you want to come on, just uh, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will do it. That was a really good look for the NBA. You know, to honor, you know, the best seventy-five, right? That was good. Do you have any issues with that? I mean, Jordan's got to be number one, right? I know I know Scott Pollard, who I'm a good friend of, he thinks Will Chamberlain should be number one on the list. 
And Wilt's, what, fifth on the list? So, you know, I, you know, maybe it's because Scott went to Kansas. Although Wilt, you know, listen, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with him thinking Will. A lot of people think Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest of all time, you know. So, um, I'm thinking Kobe Bryant was tenth. So Jordan is one, right? LeBron is two. Kareem is three. Russell, Bill Russell is four. Magic is five. Wilt is six. Larry Bird's seven. Shaq is eight. Tim Duncan is nine. And Kobe is ten. What do you think about that? Do you have any issues with those ten? What do you think? All right, let's get to Nico. Hello, Nico. Thanks for calling. How are you today? What's up, Grant? I'm doing good, man. How about you, man? I'm very well, Nico. Good hearing from you. What can I do for you? Right on, right on. So this whole Phil Mickelson thing, man, I want to touch on that and then the uh, Juwan Howard thing. I want yep. to touch on both of those. But Please do. for Phil, I know I know you're, you know, <clears throat> you're a big golfer. You're a big golf guy. I'm slowly getting into it more and more. I mean, I, I'm familiar with it. You know, I, I got the overall concept of the game. I know the rules and all that. I know the big names. I know Phil Mickelson. I, you know, I know his reputation and whatnot. He's been around forever. What? Uh, so I don't know if I've just been under a rock lately or if I've just been working way too hard and I just haven't been tuned in as much. What the hell did he say? Because, <clears throat> excuse my French, but I, apparently I missed that. I, I just, I caught some of what you guys were talking about earlier about, you know, him being just reamed on the internet and this and that. What, what did I miss? Like, what? Okay, so last week, last week, uh, it was released. There was a story released uh, from Alan Shipnook, who's actually writing a biography on Phil, but he also has uh, a, a podcast and a show. And Phil, I'll, I'll read you the comments, all right? This okay. was from last week, all right? And now, Phil has been trying to do business with Saudi Arabia and their new golf league. It's called the Saudi Golf League, okay? And then okay. in a book where the author is Alan Shipnook, all right, uh, Phil was quoted as saying this, they're scary MFers to get involved with. We know they killed Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. How about that? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I got you now. Okay. I see what right. the backlash is about now. Jeez, man. What, what was he thinking? Yeah. Right. Exactly. He, can't, he, he knows better. He can't be doing that, dude. Um, so, okay, with that being said, yeah, that, that, that definitely puts some light on what's going on. This is something I got a question for you with the PGA. Like I said, I'm not nearly as uh, informed sure. on, you know, the golf world, you know, as others. But so can you help me understand? I mean, like I get like, you know, NBA, NFL, their teams, right. you know, people sign contracts. They're, you know, they, you know, and they're on teams. They have positions. Is golf kind of like a free, like a freelance kind of thing? Like, how does that work? How do you become part of the PGA? What well, you separate... have to qualify. You have to you have to qualify to get your tour card uh, to get onto the PGA tour, and then you have to maintain uh, the top 125 to retain your tour privileges for the next year. 
if you win a tournament, it gives you, you know, a certain amount of exemptions, uh, but you have to be 125 on the money list to retain your tour card. If you don't, then you have to go to what they call Q school, which is called qualifying school uh, to, mm. to get your tour card. Again, once you're on tour, you make your money via your sponsors and buy how well you play. And if you don't play well and you're missing cuts, you know, on the golf tour, you're not making a lot of money. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't realize, I was wondering how, you know, some of these guys, because again, I don't know a lot. So I was wondering yep. how did that, that buildup and that process work for people, you know, like some no namers or some new guys, yep. some new blood coming in and getting in there. Okay. And then, <clears throat> so the Juwan Howard thing, I just jumped in a little bit ago. So I no kind of caught a little tail into that, but yeah, you know, I, I was, you know what, I was really shocked to see that dude. Um, yeah, you know, I, I play sports. I think a lot of us, you know, obviously we love sports. That's why, you know, we watch and especially listen to, you know, tapping with you, Grant. But, you know, under the heat of the moment, the circumstances, et cetera, et cetera, I didn't watch the game. I just caught the highlights, you know, tail end of the, what had happened. I was, I was definitely blown away, man. I mean, my thing is, you know, we all get caught up in the moment. We've all made mistakes in life. <clears throat> and I'm with you. I don't think he should be fired for it. I don't think he should lose his job. I mean, it wasn't an all-out melee. He didn't right. hurt nobody. I mean, yep. he made a poor decision, absolutely. Yep. And I he agree. definitely should be, you know, punished for it. But it just blows my mind. Like, you know, like, I'll kind of switch uh, references here with, like, the Alvin Kamara thing. You know, when these athletes, I mean, there's a whole list of them we can go on and on. But my point is, when you get to that level, of success and professionalism it just blows my mind what guys do and the choices they make and just how quick they're willing or you know decide to jeopardize everything like phil mickelson these comments like dude what are you thinking bro like you know what world and society we're living in right now to be even go anywhere close to saying something like that in a sensitive subject you're just i mean you're walking a thin line you know yep. and it's wrong overall it's wrong but it just, it just, I never understood like the drinking and driving thing, you know, the Raiders receiver, like I always said, oh, you know, if I was a professional athlete, I would have a chauffeur. I'm not getting in no damn car and driving nowhere drunk, risking my, my livelihood. It and, and you know what's mind, even more yeah. amazing than that? Two months uh, after Henry Ruggs crashed into the back of a vehicle that took a 23 year old uh, life of a, mm -hmm. of a young lady. Okay. Going 156 miles per hour, two months later, his teammate, got a DUI also, and you just have to wonder, wait a minute, someone on your team may be spending yeah. a good portion of their life behind bars for vehicular manslaughter, okay, or whatever the charge is going to end up being, and that's not enough to make you go, oh, my gosh, you know what? I have done that before, and I'm blessed, Unreal. and I'm fortunate enough that I haven't taken someone's life like, like Henry Ruggs did and I'm never going to allow myself to get behind the wheel of a car if I even had one drink. And here's the other deal. Every NFL player carries a card, and it has a number on it, and it's in their phone as well. And they can call a car service no matter where they are, Nico, 24-7. doesn't matter if it's 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, wherever they're at, they can call a car, and wow. they will have car service to take them wherever they need to go. So it, there's no excuse to be behind the wheel yeah, driving when you're intoxicated. It's it, it's 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 beyond comprehension to me. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. It's it's mind-boggling, man. I mean, I'll end it like this. You know, I'll let you continue on. But yeah. you know, I actually had gotten a DUI when I first turned 21, man. You know, I was young, yep. I was dumb, I made yep, poor choices. I, I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely learned from it. I just, you know, I I worked so hard to you know further and better my life and all aspects. Good for you. 
And I just, you know, I just, I just look in, not in a judgmental way, but just as a humble way, in a great, like gratified way where I just look at people and I'm just like, man, why, how do you not care, man? You know, like, I just don't get people sometimes, man. But anyways, thanks, Grant. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Good, good, good stuff right there. Uh, if you want to get on before we adjourn for the day, all you have to do is hit your hand icon and uh, we can talk about it. I'm with Nico. He made a very good call there. I've, and I've said this before. What on earth are you thinking about? And for Phil Mickelson, got no one to blame but himself here. No one to blame for himself. And I'll tell you, the comments that he made today, if you want to call that an apology, is as bad as it gets. When you say there is the problem of off-record comments being shared out of context and without my consent, that's that's awful. That's terrible. Because now you're making an excuse and you're saying that all of this is because of Alan Shipnuck, who you were speaking to. And you're now stating that it was off the record? You know, and Alan Shipnuck, by the way, has come out and as you would think, uh, he's been extremely adamant about what he wrote. He's fired right back. He has fired right back at Phil Mickelson. All right? And good for him. So here's here's some of the comments that Shipnick said. This is, I want to give credit to this story here. This is uh, Steve D'Amiglio and his story. I don't know the, oh, it's Golf Week. So it's Golf Week, Steve D'Amiglio. I, I want to give proper credit here. All right. This is Shipnuck. Quote, he sent me a text on the morning the excerpt dropped. He was less than thrilled. Just as in the statement he released this afternoon, Mickelson made a half-hearted attempt at revisionist history, trying to say our talk had been a private conversation, but I shut that down real quick. He knew I was working on a book about him and asked to speak, saying he wanted to discuss media rights and his grievances with the PGA Tour, both of which inevitably led back to Saudi Arabia. If the subject of a biography phones the author, the content of that conversation is always going to inform the book unless it is expressly agreed otherwise. There was no agreement, Shipnuck said. Quote, not once in our text or when we got on the phone did Mickelson request to go off the record, and I never consented to it. If he had asked, I would have pushed back hard, and this was obviously material I wanted for the book. Mickelson simply called me up and opened a vein. To claim now that the comments were off the record is false. How about that? And duplicitous. Did I pronounce that right? my limited vocabulary. How about that? Brutal. Seriously. Brutal. Phil's just coming off looking horribly here. Terrible. Jeff, you're next here on uh, Listen Up with Grant Napier. Hey, Grant. I uh, 
Yeah, this this felt like a weekend where a bunch of people are trying to pull their foot or their entire legs, you know, knee deep out of their mouths. Yep. And I know I think it's hilarious, to be honest. I think it's funny when people shove it so far down their throats, they don't know what to do with it after the fact. Um, and Phil's, resp- <laughs> Phil's response, I can't help but laugh because it's, it's embarrassing. Like, did you... You, it feels like you didn't call anybody or whoever you did call to help you put that together. Wow. Well, they should be fired too. But, but uh, you know what? First of all, I don't like written apologies. I like apologies yeah. where you look into a camera and speak without anything written down in front of you. That's what I like. If you're going to apologize, you know, like I had Tom Brenneman on my podcast. And you know what? Tom apologized on live TV looking right into the camera and he didn't have anything written down. And to me, and I'm not I'm not defending what Tom Brenneman said uh, two summers ago on a Cincinnati Reds game with a homophobic slur. But what I am saying is I thought his apology was sincere. It was heartfelt. And guess what? He didn't blame anybody. He didn't blame the audio technician in the truck. He didn't blame his stage manager. He took 100% ownership and put it on himself squarely. And Phil didn't do that here. That's a bad, bad look for Phil. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jeff, you there, buddy? Oh, sorry. Yep, got a phone call right in the middle of what you were saying. I apologize for that. Don't worry but, about it. But just to, to, to go off of this, so I... I know this is this is not what is your realm UFC. I know it's something that I follow right. and I, I love. But uh, Ariel Helwani had a had a situation, and I'm tying it back to what Phil did here. Did a situation yesterday where he interviewed interviewed a fighter who started going off on stuff that's not MMA. He started going off on vaccines, and he started going off on uh, gun rights, and and Ariel kind of. Uh, I, it sound it feels like he kind of led him somewhere to to I don't know if he he is pushing an agenda I don't care what it is but I'm the reason I'm bringing this up Phil uh, Bryce Mitchell in this situation have you ever had a situation I'm not asking you to name a name but you've had somebody that you've brought on a show or something like that you start an interview and it just starts going way off the handle yep. and do you just let it go no that's what it feels like some of these people it, it almost feels like they're like hey i'm getting some good content out of this hey, you know they what my my, 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 and... my my interview with chris weber was like that i knew it was going <laughs> off the rails and i tried to help him and i tried to say calm down i tried to get him through it and he completely abused the opportunity to make himself and more importantly 
the people that he worked for at TNT look good or apologize, and he wouldn't do it. So I've had, uh, and there have been other examples, but yes, absolutely. No question about it. I, I'll tell you this. Well, I had Scott Pollard come on live television, all right, at halftime. When John, or actually it wasn't even halftime. It was in the middle of the game when he wasn't playing. John Barry, who was one of Scott's very best friends, got traded to Detroit. And when John came back, I think it was Detroit. When John came back, you know, Kings, Kings players always got a standing ovation. And John was a real popular player. So Vladi made a joke. And the joke ended up in the paper. And it said, I'll give $5 to every fan that boos JB at the game tonight. And it was a joke. Well, when JB got brought into the game and the public address announcer now coming in for the Detroit Pistons, John Barry, 17,000 people booed him. John Barry's wife, Betsy, at the time was in the stands bawling her eyes out because she was excited. They loved Sacramento. It was going to be a tribute to the fans. And Scott, who we had already asked to come on, comes on, puts his headset on. We don't even say, hey, joining us now is Scott Pollard. And he starts screaming at the fans of Sacramento, talking about how stupid they are for not realizing that Vladi made a joke and that his wife is in the stands crying right now and had to leave the arena. I mean, that was on live TV. And I, I tried to help him, but at that point it was too late. I couldn't do anything. I did not know that story. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes, I was too young to realize. I actually had that thought the other day that, that John Barry doesn't get mentioned enough for some of the players yep. that I loved when I was watching him. When uh, yep. I know somebody put a tweet out saying, hey, who's your favorite? Some of your favorite players from the past recently. And John Barry, Bobby Jackson are usually the first two guys that pop in my head. How about that? Well. Yeah, that happened to live TV when Scott did that. And he threw his headset down on the table, and he got up, and he walked away. That feels yep. a little bit appropriate in that situation. All right, yep. thanks, Grant. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was something else. There have been a couple of other instances. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people where I'm like, uh-oh, this is not going well. You know, the Chris Weber is probably number one because I knew it within 10 seconds or less when he called in. I'm like, uh-oh. Because I could tell he had been drinking or smoking. I could just tell. I mean, I've been around Chris enough. I can tell. And I was like, oh, boy. And then I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. So, and I tried to help him. I really did. I tried to help him. I tried to reel him back in. But you can't do that with Chris. Can't do it. All right. Hey, tomorrow uh, we will come on again at 3 o'clock Pacific. All right. We'll have more on this. So I can guarantee you that. There will be more on this Phil Mickelson story, and there will be another developing story that we're not even talking about right now that I'm sure will be right on the back page of all the tabloids around the country. But this is this story, I wouldn't be surprised if by tomorrow at 3 o'clock, we're talking about Phil having no sponsors. That's what I think. And the question is, will Phil Mickelson play in the Masters which is coming up in what, six weeks? Phil's saying he's taking a break from golf, right? There's no way in the world that Phil Mickelson can step at, uh, step on, you know, Magnolia Lane, get out of the car, do his media session, 
and not get roasted and have that take away from the spotlight at Augusta. I can guarantee you right now that the folks at Augusta do not want Phil Mickelson playing at the Masters this year. They do not want that headache. I can guarantee you that. They do not want Phil Mickelson playing at the Masters this year. I can almost guarantee you that. I'm not even going to almost guarantee you that. I am guaranteeing you that. That would not be what the Masters wants. What do you think? You think Phil will be playing at Augusta? I think no. I would say no. And think about that. He won a major last year, right? It's not like the guy can't play anymore. But I I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. That would shock me. Not surprise me. That would shock me if Phil Mickelson is playing at the Masters in April. And that's right around the corner. So what, what are we now? We're in the 22nd. So that is in s- seven weeks, I believe. Seven weeks. I don't see it. That would really surprise the heck out of me. That would really surprise the heck out of me if Phil Mickelson is playing at Augusta this year. What would shock me more if Tiger's playing? I I saw the interview he did with Jim Nance over the weekend on CBS. I, I don't think there's any way in the world, especially that course. I've walked that course. That's That is a brutal course to walk. There's no way. Oh, it's Tiger Woods, so I shouldn't say no way, but uh, I just, that would, you want to talk about shocking? That would be shocking to me if Tiger Woods was playing at Augusta. That is a very, very difficult golf course to walk. I mean, very challenging. There is a lot of elevation changes at Augusta. It may not look that way on TV, but trust me, it is. I had a chance to go three years ago, spectacular to walk around that golf course spectacular but it is a hike all right it is a hike best hike i've ever been on by the way but it is that phenomenal experience to be at augusta all right so tomorrow three o'clock pacific we'll do it again i hope you all have a fabulous rest of the day thank you so much for your support thank you so much for listening here grant napier on listen app with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.